You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of the Bulldog Hour's fifth season. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me, my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be here. It's crazy that uh, the regular season's done. Yeah, we're done. Last show, over. Ten games now, right? No, no. No, it doesn't work that thankfully, way. Hopefully, thankfully, it's not that way. Yeah, hopefully, we have um, quite a few shows left. So. Right. And uh, I do want to say and get this uh, out there immediately. As you probably noticed, we're a minute or two late here. Uh, Comcast it just decided to stop working at like 8 o'clock when uh, I was trying to get set up here. And I noticed it immediately. And it wasn't just our internet. It was the television, too. So I don't know if this is just at my home in my neighborhood or what's going on. So I don't know if anyone is even watching us right now. If you have Comcast, maybe you are out or having interruptions. So if we would disappear... You know, putting it out there that it's uh, not my fault for a change. It is uh, completely 100% Comcast fault. So s- direct your ire at them <laughs> if we if we disappear here. Of course, we will continue to record and put this out on YouTube and as a audio-only podcast on the uh, Apple iTunes, or I guess it's called what? Apple Podcast Now, Google Play, SoundCloud, and we put it up on Anchor. FM, which gets it out to Spotify and a few other podcatchers as well. So if you ever do miss the show live, you can usually find a video version on uh, Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, or the audio-only version across a variety of podcatchers. So there's never an excuse to miss the show. You can always find us if you miss us live. But we're, we do appreciate we're out there somewhere. We do appreciate people that do watch us live. It's a lot of fun. And if you leave a comment uh, or a remark, we'll try to uh, see it and get to it. But we don't always. Uh, we're not always able to track all of those down because we do put it out on a variety of platforms. So let's take care of a little housekeeping business before we get to the main part of the show this evening. Thank you to the Bulldog Hour show sponsors for Season 5, May Sandwich Shop, Topher's 10th and Elm Cafe, Andy Her, and two anonymous donors. We appreciate your support and continue uh, to hopefully do you proud. We enjoy uh, putting the show on and hopefully uh, you feel like you're getting your money's worth out of it. Yeah, we yeah, we certainly appreciate it. It's a lot of fun and we appreciate it. It helps, helps uh, keep, things, keep things rolling here. And there are a variety of ways to help us, sponsorship and advertising, the in-kind donations. Visit BulldogHour.com. That's the website, home of the show, and a variety of things Wilson football related. And make sure you spread the word as well. Yeah, and uh, you know, like and share. So the more you do those things, the more people get to see it, and uh, it just helps out. And, and we like hearing the feedback too. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it was a lot of fun uh, throughout August and September. A variety of people uh, uh, chanting uh, the name Bulldog Hour or uh, saying you guys are the host of the Bulldog Hour and just you have, you've had random parents or students that meet the teacher night and just like yeah it's yeah. been it's been fun it's been it's fit. always followed up by the, well who was it and I always reply I'm not exactly sure not always <laughs> not always there are times but there are times where I don't know who it is but um but we appreciate it um and 
Also, a lot at the alumni game. I got a lot of, oh, you're the guy that works with Joey. Yes. Yes, I do. So that that's how I'm known. So. <laughs> um, Which is okay. That's okay because there are a lot worse ways. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've said many of the other worse ways as well that you could know, <laughs> Justin. So um, our next live show will be next Sunday, November 3rd. That's right. Next weekend is November. And in fact, the next Wilson football game happens in November, if you can believe it or not. It will be post-Halloween into the month of, of Thanksgiving, which I know uh, we all uh, very much enjoy, um, food, football, and family. So yeah. that's, a, that's a great month of the year. And uh, are you participa- participating in um, No Shave November, Movember this year? I, I am not scheduled to right now. Um, it'll be a couple years that since I've done that. Uh, last year I did not because we were expecting, and Jamie knew – well – so we were expecting, and the due date was in November, like the middle of November. And she's like, you will not have that on your face for <laughs> for pictures when the baby's born. Well, um, it does tie I into mean, football a little bit because I, I drove the equipment truck to the McCaskey game to end the season, which was a few weeks before the due date. And I'm like, no, we're good. We're good. And um, Like three days later? Yeah, uh, the following Monday. So that was Friday night. Well, yeah, we did a show. <laughs> We did a show oh, did. Sunday, Monday. A year um, ago, yeah. Jamie calls me from school and is like, um, I need to go to the doctor. And we went, and then the doctor was like, oh, you're having the baby tonight. Okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, then you went from a three-person family to a four-person family. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, just throwing it in there. But I digress. Yeah. <laughs> but. All right, so here we are again. The vaunted schedule, three columns, Two of them gone. The first part of the third column gone. We are in the District 3-6A. Playoffs quarterfinals are this Friday, November 1st. They'll be followed up with the semis on the 8th, and then the final at the um, lowest numbered seed remaining. Most likely it will be on Friday the 15th, uh, depending on how it shakes out. It could end up on Saturday the 16th, but I'd anticipate it to be on Friday, November 15th. And then uh, the D3 winner, whoever that may be from 6A, will get a bye uh, the weekend of leading into Thanksgiving. November 22nd, 23rd will be an off week for whoever wins District 3 and 6A before having the state semifinals on November 30th or um, yeah, I guess it probably would be November 30th. They usually play those state games on Saturdays. And then the 6A state final is the final scholastic football game of the year for the PIAA. That'll be at 6 p.m. on December 7th. That game is still in Hershey. The District 3 games are not, but the state final for the next, including this year, three three times, will be in Hershey. And uh, if that's going to change, the announcement probably will be coming um, in the next few months. I thought I thought a few weeks ago they had, like, emphasize that it will take place and i think district three has ironed some of that out um because i know again i believe this year for basketball all of the um all of the championship games are are going to be there like they ironed that out um you know they had they were scrambling last year with some of that too so you know that it's kind of a weird spot but they i i hope they have worked that stuff out and uh hopefully they um you know it's a good thing, and while while it's not there for football, you know that's that's an issue well above the school's level. You know, that, right? That's, yeah, that has nothing to do with right it, with uh, Wilson, Burks, or Lancaster, Lebanon. Like right. that is yeah. The schools don't have really a say over that. That's the district and and PIAA working it out with Hershey. And honestly, to some degree, Hershey or like the district and PIAA only have a limited say. You know, like because they can only 
do so much if Hershey is going to book other stuff. So um, it, you just do what you have to do. Right. So. All right. So the Week 10 game, Game 10 for the Bulldogs, was to host the J.P. McCaskey Red Tornadoes, Lancaster McCaskey coming to Gursky for senior night. And, well, I mean, enter it. We kind of knew that it wasn't going to be exactly a – close contest. McCaskey was 0-9 on the season. I don't believe they had won a game since week one of last year. So they were riding, uh, I think, an 18-game losing streak entering the matchup with the Bulldogs. And obviously, Wilson sitting at 8-1, and playing very well. Um, you know, the game against, despite what people want to tell me on Twitter, the game against Township was close. I don't really know why people think that it, that it wasn't. But, you know, Okay, Wilson is very strong this year. McCaskey was not, and we saw that immediately. The Bulldogs jumped out to a 35-0 lead in the first quarter. I had someone ask me, has Wilson ever scored 35 points in the first quarter? I do not have that answer off the top of my head. I, I would have to look into that. I thought I, they did against one of the Penn Manor teams Well, a couple in 2015, I know there was a large amount of points scored in the first quarter against Penn Manor. I don't remember if it was 28 or 35. It could right. have very well been know. 35. And it was, again, the same type of thing that we saw Friday night against McCaskey. There were quick touchdowns, you know, one, two, three play right. drives. There were turnovers. Uh, and while I don't believe we got a defensive touchdown Friday night, we did against Penn and, Manor in 2015. And this was all in the first quarter. Right. So and fast also, and furious. This might be back. This might be before you were back and on taking the pictures and and Twitter account and stuff like that. When, when was it Ephrata was on the schedule for a couple of years? Um, I know those games got uh, lopsided. Well, I, in I, I was too. around for an Ephrata game at Gursky in 2010. I it would have been around then. Yeah. I, um, I would, I was not at either of those games, but I know that when they played those games, it was not, it did not, um, Let's just say it was decided quickly. <laughs> right. Um, was never. I don't know question, the details huh? of it, though. Yeah. So. so, but that happens sometimes. And, you know, Wilson was obviously just the better team. You race out to a 35 nothing lead, and I believe it was, was it 49 to 6 at half or 42 to 6? I think so. Yeah. It, I think it was 42 to 6. 42 to 6 at halftime. They, Wilson scored early in the third quarter, 49 to 6. Uh, then. I'm really, I shouldn't say them because in the first quarter already, we saw backups rotating in. We saw them play even more in the second quarter, again in the third quarter, and JV took over, and the final score was 49 to 26. So right. a lot of people got plenty of playing time, yeah. which is always good to see. Especially on senior night, as, which yeah, is nice. I rotate as many of them in as possible. I know some, some seniors don't get to play as much as they had hoped to, and this was an opportunity for them to do so, and most likely in front of friends and family and uh, the community, and it was a lot of fun to do that on senior night and – Wilson got the win, got out of it, I believe, pretty healthy. I don't think there was anything significant, and that was one of the reasons that you're seeing a rotation. Uh, you know, they were moving offensive line pieces in and out just to uh, keep people fresh, keep people healthy, and look forward to the second season, which the Bulldogs will be partaking in, and we'll be talking about that in a little bit. But let's uh, take a look at some scenes from senior night. Again, they recognize uh, every year the last – home regular season game, any seniors, football players, cheerleaders, um, athletic trainers, and team managers are recognized on the field 
prior to the game, I don't believe there were any athletic trainers or managers recognized this year. Not they that must- I noticed, but I... I was starting to go up on yeah, top I don't, at that point. So. I think it was all football players and cheerleaders, and we got to see 24 players and 10 cheerleaders recognized. And you can find pictures from that event on the Facebook page. I have uploaded all of the uh, photos, I believe almost 200 from the festivities before the game, onto the Facebook page. So if there's some pictures that you wanted, you can find them there. You can take a look at uh, facebook.com slash Wilson Bulldogs football. And it's always a, a good time, a good event, and it's great to uh, be able to recognize uh, the the, uh, the student athletes and their families prior to the final game. All right, so let's – should we do stats first or you want to do highlights? Let's do stats first. Okay, we're going to do stats first. Justin told me stats first, so – I always do what Justin wants to do. That's so. right. I call the shots here. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> all right. Nothing could be further from the truth. <laughs> all right. Um, again, 49 to 26, favor the Bulldogs. First down, Wilson 15, McCaskey 9. Wilson had 29 rushes for 233 net yards. McCaskey 24 for 67. McCaskey ended up throwing for more passing yards than the Bulldogs, 104 to 98. However, they were. Uh, just three of nine, um, excuse me, nine of 23, three interceptions were the red tornadoes. Whereas Wilson was six of nine. Although one of the incompletions was an interception total offense, Wilson, 331 yards to McCaskey's 171 and, uh, penalties each got called for six. And that was happening early in the game. Time of possession, McCaskey had the ball 10 more minutes than the Bulldogs did, 24-34 to 14-29. And um, red zone, Wilson was 4 for 4, which is great, but uh, when McCaskey made it into the red zone, they actually were able to score 3 out of 4 times. Now, a lot of that was later in the game, but uh, still interesting to note. Individually speaking, the the big player again uh, was Avante Lockhart this week. He had... Uh, 69 yards and two touchdowns on just four carries. The the Bulldogs really spread the ball around a lot against the the uh, Red Tornadoes. Uh, yardage wise, next highest performer was sophomore Jaden Jones. He gained 54 yards on four carries, two of them for touchdowns. Um, Gavin Leonard rushed for 47 yards on seven carries. Uh, quarterback Caleb Brown had one big rush for 38 yards. Was that the first play? Was that the first uh, Caleb's, play? I thought. Yeah, yeah. it was. Because uh, then the next play was Avanti's first touchdown to put right. Wilson up 7 nothing. Um, Jason Beckford had 14 yards on five carries. Uh, Mason Leonard did have one carry for nine yards. Passing-wise, Nick Williams actually had the majority of the passing attempts on the night. He was 4-for-4 four four for f- 56 yards and a touchdown. Caleb Brown was 2-of-3 for two touchdowns. And uh, receiving-wise... Four different Wilson receivers caught passes. Two to Fry, 32 yards of touchdown. Two to Le- Mason Leonard for 31 yards and a score. Brady Gibble had one for 28 yards and a touchdown. And Doug Weller hauled in one for seven. So not an active passing night. It wasn't uh, necessary. No. Most of the, the, the uh, damage was done on the ground, but still threw for three touchdowns. So six six completions, three touchdowns. I think we'd take those uh those numbers anyway. Yeah, if every other 
pass is going for a touchdown. That's usually pretty pretty good sign. Pretty yeah, good sign. pretty efficient. Defensively speaking, a lot of players got to play. A lot of people are in the stat sheet. Leading the way, senior Anthony Coper had three and a half tackles, one for loss. Doug Weller next with three tackles, t- tying him with Eli Rotenberg. Then uh, Josh Drake had two and a half tackles as well as an interception. Ditto for Avanti Lockhart, two and a half tackles and an interception for him as well. And Troy Corson was the third interception. Uh, so three interceptions of the night for the Bulldogs. That's definitely a season high for them because, as uh, someone mentioned to me, there didn't seem to be a lot of uh, turnovers by the uh, the defense this year if you go through it, yeah. especially interceptions. They were few and far between, at least maybe what we're used to seeing, but they uh, definitely showed up to, uh, Friday night against McCaskey, hauling in three. So what do we think about a player of the game? Well, I think it's a little bit different um, because it's tough when you have that many people play through the, the, through the roster. Right. And you have a few individual uh, parts that stand out, some unit parts that stand out, but in the end... Friday was about a one th- one thing and one thing only, and that was about uh, the seniors playing what could have been their final game at Gursky Stadium. So um, we're going to go that route and just recognize the 24 seniors that were playing uh, supposedly for right. the last time. We know it's not the case, but we get to recognize them anyway. So we um, say the players of the game for McCaskey are our 24 seniors that have uh, given so much time and effort to the program over the last, at, well, I mean, if you're looking at it from a uh, high school standpoint, at least three years, some of right. them four. And really, when you boil it down, it's much longer than that. It just kind of uh, ramps up as you get into high school. But um, we appreciate the contributions of all 24 of our senior players for their efforts against McCaskey Friday night. Yeah, and it was it was great to see a lot of them get, um, you know, a lot of playing time and get... And get um, you know, a chance to be in there and make and make some plays. Um, you know, it's it's a tough thing to do. Some of the, some of the guys get have more success or more opportunities early on. You know, so this is kind of, I mean, it's crazy because it's their last regular season game. You know, and that that can be a little wild. But you know, they they've played a lot. Um, you know, and for some of the guys, the opportunities just you know maybe don't always develop exactly the same. So um, it, it's pretty interesting. You know, it's a pretty interesting experience to get to see some of those guys get in there and, and get to make plays. And it, it from that standpoint, it, it's really cool. Um, it was cool to get to see guys that you've seen work really hard throughout the year uh, get the chance. And not just this year, like you mentioned, for years to come to kind of get their chance to shine. Um, you know, we've seen some of that throughout the season. That's nice, but it's nice to see that to begin with. So. Yeah, absolutely. So we're jumped right into the highlights here, as I know we're having connection issues. I'll be but... honest; I was worried I missed that. Oh, really? Yeah, because <laughs> I didn't see on the because I watch on the screen, so it's hard to see. I couldn't see when he caught the ball. I, I was afraid I missed it. So we're two highlights in now, and Wilson's already up fourteen nothing. They didn't show Avanti's first touchdown, which came after Caleb Brown's uh, long thirty-eight yard run to set him up. He finished it. Wilson goes up seven nothing. Next drive, Avante picks off the pass. Net, the, a few plays after that, Caleb Brown fires Brady Gibble to go up 14-0. The next series for the Bulldogs, Avante 
has a big long touchdown run again. Wilson's up 21-nothing and we're like halfway through the quarter. Then Caleb Brown to Mason Leonard on that was that that was a shovel pass, right? Yep. Yep. And uh Wilson scores again, 28-nothing. Receiving touchdown. <laughs> right. Um Wilson and McCaskey then traded touchdowns 35 to 6 and Mason Leonard gets another shovel pass on fourth down, picks up the first and uh, sets up what will be a 27-yard touchdown pass from Nick Williams to Matt Fry. This was a nice one. Yeah, it was. To get into the end zone, and Wilson would be up 42-6 to again. They said that's what it was at halftime. Now we're in the second half, and uh, well, no, we're not in the second half yet. So I was right. It was 49-6 to at halftime. Just like I told you. Yeah, liar. <laughs> Uh, or or the the or the uh, number at the top there was wrong too. No matter what, Wilson scored forty nine, McCaskey twenty six. Bulldogs get the win, and uh, it was a a strong performance from Wilson as expected. So not a lot of uh, you know it it, it is what it is. There yeah, wasn't I mean, too much to say about right. it. They went out and they did what they were supposed to do. Right. And they that took was care great. of business. Um, and everybody, you know. It led to the coaches being able to kind of do the things they wanted to do. Um, yeah, so from that standpoint, it was a successful week. Um, you know, but then you, you know, it's it's kind of really quickly, really quickly on to what's next. Right. You know? So um, that's just one of those things that, you know, here we go. So, all right, I'm trying to see if I can find. Uh... Playoff brackets here. I know I saw a link. Let me see if uh, they're listed here. I was getting an error earlier, but again, with all the... Uh, when I was trying to check them earlier, they didn't have the teams filled in. It had the like uh, blank it was brackets. Empty yeah. Well, I know that's like that on the District 3 site because yeah. technically it's not going to be finalized until tomorrow. Uh. So um, we can always pull up the one that I said would happen because it's exactly <laughs> what it said. Nope, there we go. Okay, so uh, easternpafootball.com uh, via... I have no idea who ENDN2008 is on Twitter, but he does cool graphics, um, and he work, does it for uh, EasternPAFootball.com now. And uh, he's always putting out uh, the district power rankings with the helmets of all the, the top eight teams, and now he's, they've come up with a graphic here um, that I'm going to show you in a, in a moment. And uh, it's just uh, really cool stuff. It's fun when, uh, when people put uh, some effort into promoting – high school football so let's uh see if i can pull that up and uh transition over and this is where we are now in the uh the second season high school football second season kicks yep. off this friday november 1st wilson focus district three 6a playoffs and the bulldogs are on top much like we said for what the last three weeks now? Yeah, about three weeks ago, we it kind of like caught our attention. Yeah. We didn't really start thinking. I won't say we weren't thinking about it, but we we're kind of. I would say we we're skeptical. Um, not that we didn't believe it. It's just we we're like, I want to see. We hadn't been following that closely to be seeing like the actual numbers, right? right. And then we were like, well, let's see. And if we cut it to a certain point, you know, then now you've got our attention and it. It kind of exceeded that each time yeah. uh, and kind of got a little ahead of schedule. Well, yeah, there, not so. only did we jump them here for the final, we had jumped them last week. Right. That was yeah. the big thing. And 
there were still a lot of people that were like, well, when it all works out, that won't happen. And then I was like, well, I can prove it. So I spent a lot of time uh, Monday, Tuesday night, I think it was, trying to calculate this and come up with a and just an Excel file that would do it for me if I could just change input of week 10 games. And, you know, I, I went with what I expected to happen, and then we could tweak a few things here and there. And it would have t- taken a lot for Township to jump us. So Wilson, number one, Township, two. Central Dolphin 3, Harrisburg 4. They are the defending champions from District 3, 6A. Central York at 5, Cedar Crest 6, Cumberland Valley 7, and Wilson's opponent, Chambersburg at 8. Yeah. So we got just, well, we got three Lancaster Lebanon teams. Did Harrisburg Central York flip from last week, or was that? No, that's how it was. They had been flipped before the Harrisburg game. Okay. Central York was four and Harrisburg was five, but I, doing the calculations, so I said if Harrisburg the wins, last week, they it. will go to four. Um, right. No, only only after the games Friday night had they flipped. Oh, okay, Harrisburg okay, had okay. has been okay. four. Yeah, it's just they dropped to five after Central York beat York William Penn. Right. I got you. But gotcha. yeah, we said as long as Harrisburg won, and they destroyed. They did. Altoona. But I, that. Not that it's not big to have home field, but that you know that changes from Friday night to Saturday game, right? So just kind of interesting there. So. Yeah. So here is the official PIAA District Three football power rankings. These are finished, so they basically have the bracket, but don't fill out the bracket until it's ratified by their discussions. Right. I don't know how they would ever it would ever change if this is the official final power rankings, um, but you should notice that. They are exactly the same thing that I was able to compute on Friday or excuse me, Saturday morning, because that played out exactly as a lot of people thought. Cumberland Valley would lose to State College, which they did. Harrisburg would beat Altoona, which they did. And then I believe in just for a few minor tweaks, a District 12 game, Archbishop Wood against Father Judge. Um, that would all go into the strength of the schedule, the winning, winning, losing percentages of your opponents. Archbishop Wood beat Father Judge. So those final rating numbers are what I predicted they would be Saturday morning, and they're pretty close, and actually one or two of them were exactly what I said they'd be before the Week 10 games even started. So, yep, I had my file right. I'm very happy about that. The file was right. And, uh, you know, I actually talked to coaches from three or four of the teams in the top eight, just wanting to know how exact they thought I was because they could start thinking about the playoffs and right. who are they going to play. Right. So um, obviously, we talked to coaches at Wilson. I'm not going to talk about the other coaches that right. reached out to right. me. But uh, yeah, so I actually had people in both 3A, 4A, and 5A also say, any chance we can get one of those? <laughs> um, you know, it's, a, it's an in-depth process. It's, a, it's just really a lot of time. Like, it's just data. Once right. you figure out the formulas, And it's once not you have hard. it set up, right. it's not as bad but but in just talking to you going through it's one thing to do these games like it's not as though you're looking at these 10 teams though because we know the last couple weeks we've talked about the ninth and 10th and that's kind of where we drew our line as to teams that had a legit shot depending on how things worked out so it's not just looking at those however now you get some benefit from league play because yeah that washes but then you also end up with the non-leagues and yeah. non-league schedules, especially well, for six A teams. Teams are going all over the place, and then you have the opponent stuff. So, like, 
when you have teams playing State College and Altoona and stuff like that, some of their non-league right. games so, are kind of crazy. First, I'm disappointed that I did this in the second year of a two-year cycle because now, <laughs> now, like, because I, I can use the the calculations will be right, but like all the inputs will be wrong right. because. LL is changing their schedule format because they're going from three sections to four, so that's going to change the teams you play. Right. Wilson still, I don't have an update on that, unfortunately. Wilson's right. still searching for a week four, a game four opponent on September, I believe it's September 18th, 2020. So there's a lot that's going to change next year, but I at least have kind of a setup that I could go through and do when it you if understand, I to. Right, you understand how it's set up and how yeah. it's working better. But, yeah, so it's... The biggest problem is when you bring in multiple leagues across District 3. That's the biggest issue because if you're doing – like if it was just an LL thing, you'd be done pretty quickly. But no, then right. you have the Mid-Pen. Then you have York. Then you have Burks. You know, you have all these right. leagues that you have to account for. So the LL teams were easy. And when I was focusing, I started just – I was like, I'm just going to do Wilson and Manham Township and like the teams associated and, and be done there. And I, and I figured it out, and I was like, oh, we're good. And I was like, well, you know, I could probably do the rest. And then, like, 12 hours later, I was like, why did I do that? But <laughs> You started pulling that thread next yeah, thing you know, just, your sweater's gone. So <laughs> the only shortcut I took is York Tech, who is – there's 18 teams in District 36A. York Tech is always 18th because I don't know if they've won more than one game in the years that I can remember looking at these power ratings. Unfortunately for them, they don't play any other 6A teams, nor do their – nor does their schedule interact with anyone. So I could completely ignore them altogether. Right. So instead of doing 73 different individual team schedules, I only had to do 62. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, shortcuts, right. I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, York Tech had no impact whatsoever on any of the other 17 teams in 6A. Right. No impact at all. I didn't. None of their teams overlapped with anyone. So like Wilson, I had to do obviously 10 teams. Then right. I have to do all of the LL League. Right. And all their non-league opponents. Now, the nice thing is when you get to a non-D3 non-league opponent, I don't have to do their full schedule. So, right. like, I didn't have to do Holidaysburg. Right. You know, I didn't have to do... I don't. I didn't have to do Mifflin County. It was interesting talking to you later in the week. You're like, I learned a lot about a lot of teams yeah. this week. I said, like, never thought I'd care about Greencastle Antrim, <laughs> but here we are. Uh, yeah, it's amazing what some of these teams I had to dive into to accomplish that file that served a purpose for just a few days. But <laughs> hey, it's set up for next year. I make a few tweaks, and uh, you know, it's. It, it's always right there. Like the district three site, like, cause I said this to you like five weeks right. ago. I was like, when do they start doing that? And, and you're like, I think they do it every week. Right. Yeah. I think I might've responded with the thing with like, because I th I thought the same thing. I was like, I wonder when they start posting. Well, you know, cause the college football playoff stuff doesn't come out until next, next Monday Tuesday or, or Tuesday, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So I thought maybe district three power ratings didn't come out until week four or five, but right. no, I'm pretty sure they're up. If they're not up week one, I think and they're up by week two. It's probably easier for them to do it. As they go. Right. I'm sure know, they have like, it just a database set up. Right. The big thing that we learned, and we talked about this, is, and it says it in the District 3 power ratings write-up, they count all 10 games from the onset. It's not a week-by-week -week thing. Right. So the people that were saying incorrectly, well, it matters that Wilson plays McCaskey and Township plays Hempfield, were wrong. Like, you were right. flat-out wrong. That right. has That had no impact because right. that... Because negative we, we for didn't Wilson was know already that. incorporated. We didn't know that, and then you checked. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, well, they probably have it posted. Let's see what it says. So we did.
So Wilson's playing Chambersburg. First yeah. ever matchup between Wilson and Chambersburg. Chambersburg, a mid-pen team. They are the fourth mid-pen team in the field this year. So you got three from the LL, four from the mid-pen, and one York team. So we know who, who Bruce is pulling for. <laughs> we'll, we'll reserve comment on that. <laughs> so um, on because the districts don't recede, Wilson... Or Chambersburg, whoever wins Friday, November 1st, will play the winner of Harrisburg Central York, which I assume would be they're, – they're playing that game Saturday, November 2nd, since it's at Severance Field. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Wilson or Chambersburg won't know who they're playing until uh, Saturday, late afternoon, early evening. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's no power rating system to figure that out. Yeah. Um, I, I would think that the four-seed Harrisburg is the likely winner there, but – uh, Central York, you know, nine and one. You, you never know. It's, right. You, don't, you, never yeah, know. But you never know what to expect. Uh, on the other side of the bracket, Manheim Township, Cumberland Valley. Manheim Township is the only 6A team in the entire state to go undefeated throughout the regular season. They and, take on Cumberland Valley. And did so impressively. Like, yeah. To be honest, like they, they did so They very got impressive. better from the Wilson game onward. Yeah. Like the Wilson game was kind of the coming out party for them. And then they just steamrolled everyone after. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. They they're a well-oiled machine right now. Yeah. So uh so they will uh, likely have to get through two mid-pen teams in order to either play in or host the district championship game. Uh first Cumberland Valley who fell to State College this past week in the inaugural Beaver Stadium Classic got to play in the Penn State Football Stadium in front of, of a larger crowd than what Pitt gets yeah, at their game. Say, I saw lots of pictures that so, showed, you know, they had a good crowd. They had a good crowd. And uh, then the winner of the Township Cumberland Valley game will take on the winner of Central Dolphin Cedar Crest, and we would expect that to be a Township Central Dolphin rematch in the District 36A semifinals. Yeah. Manheim Township beat Central Dolphin, I believe, at Manheim Township. I don't know. 10-7 to 7, uh, in Week 3. And at that point, people were like, well, Central Dolphin played really well, but they're sitting at one and two, and they may be done. And the Rams just won seven in a row, winning the league championship over the likes of Harrisburg and State College. Right. So, yeah, Central right. Dolphin Including, is rolling. Including, I believe, beating State College and Harrisburg both away. Yes, like, they I were think, both away. Right. You're yeah. right. So, Correct. Yeah, so look out. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of good, strong teams in the District 3 6A playoffs and hey you win district three and remember you're one game away from representing what is now we're back on the east now yeah the eastern half of pennsylvania in because the teams further east go west go west right yeah well yeah well <laughs> no, i know it's all know. enrollment and stuff like that but yeah so the district three champ plays the district one champ who which is probably going to be one of the Downing Towns or Coatesville. It would be they my would be guess. Like the favorites. Probably. However, in the District One playoffs, Coatesville is the seventh seed, and there are upsets in the District in the One di- playoffs all, all the, the time, time because they still do sixteen. Now, yeah. the, part of this well, that's alignment why we was have a bye. there are a large number of six A teams in District One, yes. like maybe as many. I think between District 3 and District 1, there are as many as, like, all the other districts. Like, that's part of why the realignment, like, right. took place. Um, but District 1, suburban Philly, has a ton of 6A schools. So they still have the 16 teams. And 
there are some crazy upsets. I wasn't it just like the other year. Was there a sixteen-one upset or near upset? In like uh, no, one you're, of them or you're right. Like that? Like, was that was that in District One though, or was that in District Eleven? I thought it was District One. I mm. thought I thought North Penn like made it as the sixteen or lost as the one or something like that. A couple. It it was a few years ago. I don't remember the exact details, but it was it was a crazy. Like, oh my gosh, what happened? So I'm going to pull so. up the District 1 6A just to show everyone, just because whoever wins District 3 will be playing the winner of this. So, yeah, so the one one of the teams you would expect to win, Coatesville, is the seven seed. So right. I don't know how their, their stuff goes through. I do know right. that Coatesville lost their final game of the year, which I think was against Downingtown East. Right, so you have Downingtown West as, as the one seed. But you all, you have like North Penn, who's really good every year. The nine, the nine seed at seven and three, you know. And you, I, I don't know, but like you probably some of the Downing Towns, maybe the two Downing Towns were losses there in Coatesville. Like, well, that, that that was a round robin. Now Coatesville, remember, lost to Harrisburg. That's yes, where their other yes. loss is. Yeah. But then Downingtown West, I believe, lost to Coatesville, who lost to Downingtown East, who lost to Downingtown West. Right, right. Like there's that 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 yeah. kind of like we saw last year but with look, Wilson Warwick now Township. Again, a lot of this goes into schedules and things, but like Plymouth White Marsh, the eleventh seed, eight and one. Eight and one. Right. You know, now that's getting down closer to Philly, so maybe they played some a lot of D twelve school. Right. Like I I don't really know that all that goes into it, but yeah, you have Coatesville as the seven seed, you know, um, who won the district last year. Look who's there at the five seed. Yeah, Springford at eight and two. Didn't you know, lose like, a game since we beat him. Playing playing Haverford, who is also eight and two right. as the twelve. Well, seed. Springford two weeks ago just beat Perkyum and Valley in a very close, hotly contested game. Perkyum and Valley seven and three, the thirteen seed. So your right. five and thirteen right are pretty evenly matched. So right. and flipped probably on that game. Yeah, like they yeah. probably there's probably that eight seed difference is based off of that game. And know? Coachville's at seven. I believe I'm not sure what 721 means. They, I think it was probably the supposed dash to be, instead of yeah, probably supposed to be. Well, that doesn't even make sense. I know. So they maybe played a non-PAAA team. No, you know they only had nine games this year. They were seven and two. They had a bye yeah. week in week two, I believe. Oh, so well, they were, you know what? Like, well, yeah. Well, even Springford had that that game that for a while showed up as a crossover game in week ten. Which right. Which maybe they, Coatesville did like. So like, no, we're not. LL there, League so. does. Does it? It's set before the season. The crossover right. they do it where they basically have the two divisions. They play by seed, so like whatever it's like colonial and something. Yeah. So like Springford played Pope John Paul, right? For the the overall uh, pack crown, right, right? And so Springford won both their division and their overall league. Uh, it went eight and two and haven't lost since we played them. So. Yeah. Yeah, so District 1, just a little glimpse because, like we said, whoever wins this will play the winner of District Last 3. Last year, Harrisburg went, and as an underdog, Upset Coatesville. Coatesville, yeah. And kind of st- stunned a lot of people um, in that game. And then Harrisburg goes and was much more competitive in the state championship game, I, I believe, at least through that first half especially, than a lot of people thought. Against and then St. go down in week two or week one, week one, week one to Coatesville and, and beat, beat them again, them again yeah. at Coatesville. Like, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. And there's so, like I said, that's only 
that's 16, but there are a lot of 6A schools in, in District 1. Right. And um, there's probably, you know, I think it's just like District 3. I think there's four teams there that you could say could win. Could yeah. win that. Yeah. Because we didn't even mention CB West at 9-1 and one in the two seed. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. So that's District 1. And uh, jump back over here to District 3. So Wilson's playing Chambersburg. Well, let's learn something about Chambersburg. Well, you know, maybe before we do that, we should do the interviews. I guess we probably should have done that, yeah. All right, yeah. So last thing to talk about McCaskey, we we caught up with a couple of people after the game. Um, First up was, is going to be the four-fifths of the offensive line. Sorry, Nate Keller, we miss you. I'm not sure... uh, what happened there? I guess we didn't uh, we didn't get you back over on the field in time after you were carried off uh, in true senior senior fashion in the last home game. So we missed Nate, but uh, we were all thinking of you as we did the interview. So you're going to hear four fifths of the offensive line, and then we're going to jump right into the interview with Coach Doms. Joining me now, post game after Wilson's ninth victory of the season, are four fifths of the senior offensive linemen. Uh, Defensive linemen, linebackers, uh, guys, nine win season so far, nine out of ten, pretty good. Wilson hasn't won nine games in a few years, so that's got to feel good off the bat. Um, t- talk to us about this uh, McCaskey game tonight. Um, what were you guys thinking in the week leading up to it, knowing that uh, probably wasn't going to be too stiff a competition and scoring 35 points in the first quarter kind of proved that. What was the mentality like entering the game and then after you guys got up big? Um I would just say is just work on technique and everything, work on for what we have coming up, um, get more guys, some reps out there, and, uh, yeah, just prepare ourselves for the upcoming second season. Yeah, don't play down to their level. You know, we got two different programs out here. Uh, don't play down to anyone's level. We play at our level. As much as we wanted to look ahead, we couldn't. We knew it's a high school football team. Anything can happen on any day, so – even though they obviously on paper aren't that good, we still had to focus on this game. So, that's <laughs> I think our first live uh, photo bomb here. So, um, guys, I'm sure you were aware um, about the power rankings going in. You know, there's been rumors that Wilson was going to jump. Man, I'm to get to one. Um, was that on your mind? Is that something you guys have been thinking about being one or two where you rank? Is does that come into play at all when you guys are talking? Uh, you know, in meetings or on the field? Um, I don't think it matters that much. Obviously, we want to have the one seed. We get home field advantage throughout if we win, but we're going to have to beat the teams no matter what, so it doesn't really matter where we play them. So. Exactly what he said. So now we think, if I can do my math correctly, we think you're going to be playing Chambersburg. There we know that they're a very strong mid-pen team. They played Central Dolphin and Harrisburg very tough. Uh, have you guys uh, learned anything about Chambersburg uh, leading up to this, or has been the focus been purely on McCaskey entering the game tonight? We focus mostly on McCaskey pretty much. Um, but this week, I bet we're just going to watch film, 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 practice, 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 just to prepare us. So. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I looked ahead a little bit. They got they got a pretty good offensive line, and they got a pretty uh, playmaker at the end. So yeah, their one DN is pretty good. But we're up for that. Yeah, it's uh, 
where Chambersburg is. <laughs> well, it, it'll be a two-hour bus ride for them to get here. It's uh, pretty much the farthest away you can get uh, from uh, opposite ends of District 3. So it'll actually be, if it holds true, and we'll find out in a few hours here, there are two games tomorrow that could impact it a little bit, but... Uh, it will be the first ever meeting between Wilson and Chambersburg. The two teams, the two programs have never played before. So, um, you know, guys led the way this this week tonight. First quarter, huge offensive output. And that was mostly done on the ground, which I'm sure you all like to hear. Uh, Vonti getting him a few touchdowns again tonight. We saw Mason, Jaden as well. Um, is that something you guys focus on this week, that you wanted to get the ground game going against the Tornadoes? We always do. We always want a ground game going because that's our strong suit, I'd say, of the team. And once we have a ground game, we can sort of control, like, the rest of the game. Anything else to say this guy? Anything you want to say to uh, the, the people watching as uh, we start the second season next week? Playoff time. Playoff time. Come out and support the dogs next week. Yep. All right. Thanks, guys. Again, for uh, senior offensive linemen, defensive contributors joining us for postgame after Wilson's victory over McCaskey. Bulldogs are now 9-1 and one and looking forward to the start of District 3 playoffs next week, quite possibly as the number one seed and may host the first ever District 3 championship game at the uh, at their home field. So looking forward to that. Good luck, guys, in the next few weeks. Thank you. Thank you. All right, joining us once again on the Bulldog Hour is Wilson head coach Doug Doms. Coach, uh, nine-win season, got the victory tonight over McCaskey. What was it like this week uh, leading the team against an, an, a, an opponent that you know that you probably should beat and beat pretty handily? Um, how do you keep the kids focused, and how did you prepare for this team while trying to also keep an eye on the future as well? Well, we preached. I mean, you can't hide that they weren't very good. You know, you see that on film, and our kids are pretty smart that way. So all we preached is we're not – playing and practicing for this week we're practicing to get better for playoffs this is just like you know in their squad scrimmage you know on friday night so you know play well improve some aspect of your game and get yourself ready for playoffs and talking about playoffs now i know the opponent isn't confirmed yet uh we've gone through some scenarios of what could happen and uh, it looks like chambersburg will possibly be the matchup and it's a team that i don't believe wilson has ever played before what kind of impact does that have on, on uh, preparation, never playing an opponent, not knowing offense, defense, schemes like that? Is there anything to that? Or is it mostly just watching the film of this yeah, year's team? I don't know that. You know, I mean, we have no history with them. I mean, I've been here 44 years, and we've never played them in 44 years. But, you know, they're a team that has been a doormat in the, in the mid-pen, but the last couple of years they, they suddenly turned it around and started winning. And, you know, they're going to come into the, into the playoffs at 6-4, and four. Uh, they lost to Harrisburg by two. They lost to Central Dolphin by, I think, a touchdown. They lost to State College by 10, I think. I mean, so, you know, three of those. And they lost to Red Lion, which at the beginning of the year, which was a real fluke. But, you know, hey, they're a good football team. Uh, and they've, they've got, this, you know, a new time in the playoffs for them. And so they're going to be excited. Our kids are going to see a couple of nice running backs, a quarterback can put the ball in the money, some big linemen. I mean, they're they're a first round. They're going to be a challenge. Yeah, it's kind of one of the toughest one eight 
matchups that I can remember uh, recently. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be quite the game. You mentioned some of the kids you're going to see. I know that they have one stud defensive end that uh, the people are already talking about. And from the mid-pen context I have, they said that this team, looking at the way District 3 is set up this year, really, if you'd rank them by how good they are, talented they are, they probably would be fifth. So it's a tough draw in the first round if it ends up being Chambersburg. It is a tough draw, and I think, you know, I, I said two weeks ago that there were probably five teams that could win a district title, and, and they're one of them. Uh, you know, they've, they've lost a lot of close games, so we'll see if that continues or whether they get their act together. Now, there's been a lot made over the last few weeks as it started to come out, as it looked like uh, Wilson was going to end up being the number one seed in districts. What do you have to say about the way the power ratings work out and Wilson jumping Township, who, you know, they beat you right here on our home field. What do you have to say about the way the power ratings work? You know, sometimes the power ratings work in your favor and sometimes they work against you. So, you know, we've had our share where they worked against us. This year they seem to be working in our favor. But when you consider that our four non-league teams are all winning their leagues, you know, that yep. just says a lot for a non-league schedule. Now, you know, Mannheim Township didn't have scheduling slouches. They had Central Dolphin East, but they're struggling this year, and they had Dallas Town, and they're struggling. So, you know, the, the bottom line is the best teams are going to have to play, whether you play in the first round, the second round, or the third round. And that's it. So geez, everything happens on the field. We'll see what happens next week. The game will be at Gursky. No matter the opponent, we don't know yet. We'll probably find out Saturday evening once the uh, Harrisburg – I forget who Harrisburg is playing. Altoona, I believe, yes. and uh, State College takes on Cumberland Valley in Beaver Stadium. And uh, power ratings should be finalized, matchup set Saturday or Sunday, and we'll know who the Bulldogs' opponent is then. So thanks for joining me, Coach. Thank you. All right, so those are our post-game interviews from – the McCaskey victory Friday night. And uh, we'll dive right back into our uh, Chambersburg preview here in the Wilson 2019 playoffs, District 3 6A quarterfinal round. I, I will mention here that the game will be broadcast. It is going to be done by Wilson Media Productions, not by nice. me, which is nice. And uh, we can thank the good folks at Weichel Realty Group are stepping up and paying the District 3 media rights fees. So they are um, are paying that on our behalf so that Wilson Media Productions can broadcast the quarterfinal game against Chambersburg this Friday, November 1st. So there will be a live stream of the first round of the playoffs. So thank you to uh, Weichel Realty Group, uh, Chris and his wife, Megan, they were with us two years ago. They stepped up and did the uh, semifinals against Township in 2017, and uh, said they wanted to uh, to help out again. So they're uh, they're awesome. paying that the media rights fee. So we really appreciate that. And I'll have more about the uh, live stream uh, this week as we get closer to the game. But Chambersburg now, Chambersburg. Um, so they are coached by Mark Luther, who I believe is in his fourth year with the program. He inherited a program um, pretty low. I, I think when he took over, they hadn't won a game in the previous season. And in his first two years, I'm not sure they won more than a game. Um, I, I think... Uh, Takes time. Yeah, they, they had been... Uh, Especially you're, you're in the mid-pen. Like, yeah, right. Think about it. You're, you're not just in some slouch league, you know, where you get to be decent and you'll win some games. Like, no, you you got to be good. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, so this this says they won three games in four years, um, and that was the season before um, Coach Luther took over, and then his first two seasons on the job before last season. And last year they won seven and three yeah. in the mid pen, and we know how stacked they were last year. Uh, and the only reason they didn't win their playoff game is because well, it was against Manheim Township in the first right, round. Right. So very similar to what we're seeing this year, a, a very strong team not getting to, uh, you know, didn't get the benefit of doubt because of the, the way the power ratings work out, they uh, had to play a strong team at the onset and they got bounced from the playoffs early. But they have, I believe, and I think this counts specialists. So, uh, you know, your 11 offensive and defensive st- starters plus the specialists, you got 24 guys. I believe they have 20 of those 24 guys back. Wow. So experience. Experience loaded at... Uh, uh, at nearly every uh, area of the field. And Chambersburg is led by quarterback Brady Stumbaugh and running back, and this is the big name here, Keyshawn Jones, who uh, in uh, 2018 had over 1,500 yards from scrimmage, and Brady threw for over 1,300 yards from his quarterback spot. Both of those guys are back and led Chambersburg this year uh, to the 6-4 and four record again in the mid-pen. They fell to Harrisburg, Central Dolphin, and uh, who was their other loss besides Red Line, which seems to be – oh, State College. Yeah. Uh, so Chambersburg lost to the, the big teams in the mid-pen, but they played those teams really tough. Right, and you I heard think, Coach Doms mention that yeah. uh, in the interview. I think – was Central Dolphin maybe a 10-point loss, like 17? No, it was a 5. Okay. Central I, Dolphin, I they like... lost by 5. Harrisburg, they lost by two. State College, they lost by ten. That was the one. State yeah. College, they lost by ten. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, the three of the the highest, uh, you know, mid pen teams, they played in within a score or two of each one of them. You know, get, those are games that could go either way. Yeah. This is this is a tough opponent. Yeah, um, they have, and they're tested in their league. They play a tough schedule, right? And then also they have experience. You mentioned they have a lot of returning guys from a team that played a tough playoff game last year. So. This is, I how do I word this? Well, this is Wilson's it's toughest. Not your typical one. Yeah, this is oh, certainly not a typical one. And and matchup. we've talked to we've talked to some people who have said like they would count Chambersburg in to the teams that they feel could possibly win are, are good title. enough to win a district title. Right. Like this was before brackets were set before all of those things. They said, if you're just looking at the six, eight teams and counting up, do you like, yes or no, are they good enough to win a district title? They would count Chambersburg in that group of like, yes, I would count them. Um, so it just tells you you're up against a legitimate team here. Yeah. So, um, you know, that, that, yeah. So, so it's going to be, you have to bring your best game from the start here. There, there's no coasting through the first round and then we'll see who we get. No, none of that. You have to be ready, uh, for a tough game on Friday night. Yeah. They returned three or four of their offensive linemen. Couldn't nail down that exact number, but, uh, the majority of their offensive line starters are back, including their center. So quarterback got the, his, their main guy in is returning, uh, has returned now that they've played 10 games this year. And uh, they also have a variety of their skill players back, not just the one running back. They also have two tight ends and their leading receiver returning, plus their kick and punt returner. And uh, the, the biggest name um, to know is, is probably the receiver, Kevin Lee. 
um, you know, it's they they have athletes. They yeah. they have good players across the board and obviously a lot of these guys play two ways that's how they get so many of the numbers returning a 20 out of the 24 positions are back they have experience they know how to win they played in a playoff game against a big time opponent losing the township last year and it was close too and i, I forget where township finished where were they the one last year was township the one or was i forget I harrisburg was Harrisburg? I know Harrisburg won, but I don't remember if they were the one um, or not. I don't remember because it was weird. I, I want to say Township was two or three. Right. Because, uh, yeah, they might have been three. And uh, Chambersburg may have been six then. So it might have been a three six matchup. But it was a tough game that Township ended up winning, but it was a very tough game. So, um, the, yeah, these Trojans are going to be a tough out for, for Wilson this Friday night. Um, yeah, not, there's not too much else to say that except that this is going to be one big battle for the Bulldogs. Chambersburg this year, uh, here comes um, exactly why. Why do I care about Greencastle Antrim? Well, because that was one of Chambersburg opponents. They played them in week one, defeated GA 56-13. to They then played Southwestern, a York team, 35-7 to victory for Chambersburg. Then they had their first hiccup, and this one's a little bit of a head scratcher. They fell to Red Lion at Red Lion, twenty six to twenty one. Now, Red Lion, I believe, was six and four. They were on I, the year, same record, and did not make the District the, Three Six A field. They finished ninth in the power rankings. Right, they so were they uh, the right behind out. Chambersburg. Right. They they do not get to play despite beating Chambersburg. You know, we heard a lot of talk about Wilson being one and Township being two. Uh, but I think there's a lot of people focusing on Red Lion missing the playoffs despite beating the team that's in the eight. But, right. again, that's what the power ratings, you know, yeah. they can help you or hurt you. And in this case right. for Red Lion, I know there was a them. lot of talk I saw this week too. I, I believe it was last year when Palmyra blew out the team. Now, score doesn't have anything to do with it. Right, they, yeah, it does not They matter. won their week 10 game to go 8-2 and two last year and missed the playoffs. To the team they just They beat. dropped out. I don't think it was the team they okay. just beat, but they dropped out. They were in after week nine, but they dropped out um, because yeah. of, you know, schedules and all kinds of weird There things, is no but. perfect way to determine this. No, and, and that also came up a lot with the things. Like, look, a lot of people know that the power ranking system is not perfect, but no one – and this is this is usually where that conversation eventually leads to. All right, well, what would you – choose instead right what what is the what is the right. fix how do you, how do you fix it and i'm not sure anyone knows because right. i mean I, I think a lot of people just go well, we'll just go by like who has the most wins like right. well, but then that yeah. comes down to you're ignoring strength of schedule because right. despite bruce's uh <laughs> um talk about york if we've seen over the, the last what three or four years york schools have not won a single playoff game in district or in, in 6A. Right. And, and I think last year or two years ago, they didn't win any across any of their right. I classifications. Think, and I think over the past few years, there might have been like one or two wins, but they all came against other York teams, I believe. Right. Um, so, yeah, it, you know, it's kind of one of those, yeah, not all schedules are created equal. You know, you and you see that with Chambersburg making it in over Red Right. Line. Well, and, and that mid pen schedule six and four is different from a York. And what do you do about when it comes down? Like, if you just go, okay, so Township's one because they're 10 and 0. Well, next could be Wilson or Central York. How do you determine right, which nine, and, well, one, which nine right. and one is better? Right. So, how, like, you'd have to devise a system. 
to figure that out. Right. So the power ratings, I think for the most part, generally get it right. right. But there's obviously instances both in one and two this year, and maybe you could say eight and nine this year. But the, the bigger problem, I, the, the harder one to swallow is one, two, because there's a distinct head-to-head matchup there, same league, lots of common opponents. Whereas Chambersburg Redline, yeah, there was head-to-head there, but there was also three or the or in uh, Redline's case, four other losses. Right. So yeah, I, I to counter that, I would say at least there's the potential that like you know Wilson or Township or whoever has the opportunity to win to prove that it that it was right. Right. Redline or Township could win to prove that it was wrong. You know, whatever. Redline doesn't get the proof. <laughs> they, they do not get <laughs> But like you said, they had four games that they lost this year where they could have proved it in any of those, and it would right, have been a non-issue. If they win one of those other four that they lost, I would think they're in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, a, a win but is going to bump of, you up. All good, of those power ranking stuff, that's all – I it has meaning as, you know, it determines where you're playing. But, like, they don't – the the power rankings essentially are done now. You know, like yeah, the, seed, the, seeds are, the seeds are set, and you now have to go out and win tough football games. Yep. that that's basically what it comes down to. Um, yep, because yeah, being the one seed is nice. Winning games is nicer. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, just to wrap up Chambersburg here. Um, after they lost the red line, they came back and beat Altoona fifty six twenty four. They then they then played State College. And lost twenty-seven to seventeen, followed by a big beatdown of Cumberland Valley at Cumberland Valley, thirty to nothing. Yeah, uh, they also then played CD East on October fourth, winning that game thirty-one to sixteen before suffering back-to-back losses on the road at Harrisburg twenty-seven twenty-five and at Central Dolphin twenty-eight twenty-three before winning this past Friday night against Carlisle forty-nine to seven. And then here we are, Wilson pending in the District 3 6A quarterfinals this Friday, November 1st at Gursky Stadium. So, yep. I mean, we said... Have our work cut out for us. No matter what, whoever wins District 3 this year will have... They will have needed to earn it. Because this is not a one or two team thing. This is a four or five team thing. And already in the first round, you're going to be challenged. And you're absolutely going to be battle-tested in the semifinals. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you look... Yeah, sometimes there's that year where, you know, your first-round game... And that's not to say that, you know, somebody won't do really well in the first round between, you know, the eight teams that are there. But, yeah, you're going to have to... You're going to have to earn it. And that includes Wilson here. You know, like... um, and it starts with this week. You know, you, you can't worry about who you're going to play. First of all, it won't even be decided till after your game. You know, if if you can manage to win. Right. But you got to focus, put all your focus in this one game, you know, and and survive in advance, right? <laughs> survive in advance. Um, win this game and, um, you know, put the preparation in, be ready to go from the start, put a solid game together. Not, you know, not a quarter, not a half, but, be ready to go for all four quarters because this could be a tough game that comes down to the end like a number of Chambersburg's games have this year. Right. So. Not to extend this conversation, but just thinking about it here. Um, seven seed, Cumberland Valley, housed by Chambersburg, the eight seed, 30 yeah. nothing. Also, one fewer wins than 
than Chambersburg yeah. at five and five. Yeah. Yeah, they have the seventh seed. Right. So, I mean, right there is another, you know, you could point out nine is mad at eight, who probably is mad at seven a little bit, maybe. I mean, maybe. You, you're going to yeah. have to play Wilson Township, Central Dolphin, right. Harrisburg, you know, if you're five, Just six, seven, an eight. Interesting so. side note to the whole Chambersburg being the eight and Wilson being the one. I don't know that there is a further place that they could have traveled. Yeah, it's a two hour bus ride. Yeah. It's going to be rough. So, but um, Coach Luther seems to be having them moving in the right direction, back to back, very strong seasons, and they have a chance to to, uh, make it really memorable um, taking on the number one seed this Friday night. Yeah. So, hopefully. Hey, you know, we know they've, they've already started their work for, for this week. Hopefully they're ready to go get a good week of practice in, um, and, and, you know, and get some big time contributions from, from the guys who have, who've been there all year, you know, but you never know who's going to be able to step up in these games and, and make a play. So, um, hopefully they're ready to go. Yeah, hopefully. And, uh, we will be there Friday night and I'll have coverage on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and we'll have the game cast will be via wilson media productions on the wilson school district facebook page i will make sure to share that on my pages as well and uh i think that's it so thanks for uh tuning in to the bulldog hour this season got the regular season covered now we're on to the playoffs and we'll be back next sunday to recap the bulldogs game against chambersburg and uh you know when we'll go from there yeah hopefully previewing but we'll have to wait and see yeah we will So. so Uh, I think that's it. So uh, for the entire Wilson football program, I'm Joe Mays. He's Justin Raffoff. And until next time, remember, go go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.